something that the Lord has been seems to be emphasizing to us as a as a people as a ministry is that uh, God seems to be demystifying the devil. He seems to be emphasizing to us who we are, who he is, who he has made us, who we are. And he's, he's, he's totally deconstructing the myth of who the devil is. How powerful it seems to be. I don't know how many of us heard that teaching this morning. And it was saying that the biggest problem of a child of God is not the devil. You heard that. It's not the devil. But one thing, one of the ways Satan takes worship is that his name, you know the Bible says that God's name must forever be on our lips. So every time that the devil's name is forever on your lips, what you are doing is that you are worshiping. It's someone that is important to you that you keep calling their name, isn't it? So when every time is ah Satan has done this hard, ah, the devil is such this. The devil, every time how you talk about is how 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 much the devil seems to be able to do. Do we ever think of it that when when we say Satan has done this, Satan has done that, we are basically saying ah, Satan is just so busy, as if the Holy Ghost is has gone to sleep in our own lives. As if God just walked that away and allowed the devil to just keep doing whatever he wants to do. Satan is powerful. Satan is not that powerful. You understand me? Because the other side of it is to say Satan has no power. Satan has power. And his power is evident in the bondage he has put the entire world. So you cannot say Satan doesn't have power. Satan has power. Power comes in different forms. Um, all of us growing up, I'm sure many of us had stories about the tortoise. The tortoise was not is not the fastest, is not the is not even the most beautiful. But is the tortoise powerful? Is yes, because the tortoise was portrayed to us children as a very so power is in different forms. There is the power in your hand to be able to punch somebody. But there's also the power in your hands to help, help the person punch themselves. You understand? You might think you have power to punch somebody until somebody grabs your hand and uses your hand to slap your own face. Then you realize that somebody, the power is in grades. So Satan has power. Even human beings find power. And they, they, they sacrifice everything for power. People will kill their wives or their children. Totally, <laughs> I was reading the story of, of of a casting they were doing for TV shows. And when this guy realized that there was a chance of him being casted on the show as one of the contestants on the show, well, the show is for single people. So he dumped his, his, his partner. Quickly, quickly dumped the person because, hey, this is an opportunity to be on TV. I'm sorry, the woman relationship has finished. I'm going on TV as a single person. All sorts of, so power power is in different power is in different um contexts. So Satan is Satan has power. He he had the wisdom to 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 deceive man. But anytime you consider that Satan is powerful, you must also consider that Satan is not that powerful. Much of the 
power of the things that we attribute to the devil is when men want to sometimes when men want to get out of responsibility then you ascribe the doing to the devil because then it means you are not responsible for it whereas you are the one that did it you did it with your full chest but now that the matter has become public you say it's the devil when you were about to do it you thought about it and you concluded this is what i want to do but then when 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 they now call you to the front and say why did you do that it's the devil it's the devil. Sometimes someone said, sometimes the devil is also shaking his head. When did I do that one too now? Where was I? I wasn't even in the neighborhood. I was in Estonia or Slovenia and then you said I did. When? Satan, you know the devil is not omnipresent. So he cannot be everywhere at the same time. So if Satan is in your house, then he's not in that other person's house. So if he's in that person's house, he's not in your house. It's just... the. the <laughs> The way Satan rules is by is not necessarily by personally coming after people. Of course, demons invade people and come after people personally. But one of the things Satan does is to establish systems. It's like Satan is like a fisherman. You know that when a fisherman goes to sea, is he going to is he going after a particular fish? Man is just going to catch fish. So then he sets, but he, he makes his net big, he makes his net wide, he makes sure his net is strong, so that when he throws it, he catches fish, will catch fish, will catch crab, will catch everything catchable. Then when you get it to the shore, he will now start sorting. Okay, this one is going home. This one throw back in the sea. This one nonsense. This you understand? So Satan sets systems, and those systems are what oppresses men because those systems now force you to conform. How will the Antichrist rule? It's not like at the end, read Revelations. It's not going to necessarily come after you and say, and say, take the mark, take the mark, or I will kill you. No. It is that the system will be such that you will need to scan the barcode to buy food in Asda. So if you have the bar and the barcode is linked to your national insurance, is linked to your bank account, is linked to everything. So the question is, it, so it's a system not personally coming for you. Is that, well, now you need to pay and you need to scan your pass to pay. And so now because you have refused a pass, then it means you can't buy food at the shop. And if you don't buy food, it means you will starve. So it's, it's that de- the devil always puts systems in place and then men will either choose. When Nebuchadnezzar stood and said, I have, you know, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar is one of my, is one of the most interesting Bible characters to me. He dreamt. He saw a, a whole statue of gold, of silver, of bronze, of clay, and, and all of that. And then they interpreted it to mean different kingdoms. And then the only thing Nebuchadnezzar learned in that story was that he was the head of gold. What does Mr. Man go and do? He said, well, if I am the head of gold, I'm going to go and make a statue of gold. So he said, that, so the, the thing he saw in his dream, his own interpretation was bronze and clay and all these things, they are I'm going to make a whole statue and this statue would not be like the one I saw in my dream. It will be like me since I am the head of gold. 
So he made it and put it in the plain of Dura. Go ahead and read about the plain of Dura. All those places are historical places. There is a reason that statue was there. So he did that. And now, announced everybody. When he was doing the announcement, he wasn't thinking of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He just established it because that is what he wanted. But now they were caught in the middle. Follow Nebuchadnezzar. Follow the Lord. That is what will happen to most believers in the last days. It is that you will be caught in the middle, so to speak. This is what Satan is trying to implement. You would either accept it or you don't accept it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I w- I'm go- last week we started to talk about the case for consistency and then we ended up spending last week discussing about the greatness of God and how great and his greatness in us and how wonderfully and powerfully made we are. And I mentioned last week that Jesus is like a 12-star a, a general and that Satan is like a nine-star general. And, you know, when I was just getting ready for this one, it, it was laid on my mind to... Because, the, you know, you know, Satan was made... Let's actually read a few passages. Hebrews 4, verse 14 to 16. It says, Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. The great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. So, the Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest. That much all of us know and we're clear about. You know, we're driving in today, and my wife said she was reading through, um, you know, Numbers, Leviticus, and one of the things that struck her is the exactitude, the specificity of the instructions that the lord gave and i i'm always wary of when people now say oh the old testament is done away because jesus said he has come to fulfill the law but you realize that when you get to book of revelations you see that they are still offering incense in heaven you you realize that so there is still the altar one of the favorite one of the places that terrify me is that when god was pointing out the wrath upon the earth. The Bible says that the smoke of the temple was so thick that nobody could enter. You wonder why? Because if somebody, if you could enter, you would, you would go and beg God and say, please stop. And because God is so merciful, he might listen and stop. But if he listens, then the judgment will not be complete. So God put that little caveat that while this judgment is going on, nobody will be able to enter the temple. And that's exactly what where I'm going with the devil because God put caveats in, in, the, in the making of the devil such that it gives us an advantage over him. I called the devil a nine-star general because if you, let's go to Exodus 39. Exodus chapter 39, that's where you find the, uh, from verse 9. 
let me read from verse eight. It says, and he made the breastplate of cunning, of cunning work. You know, Pastor Busi read Ephesians six, and she read putting on the breastplate of what. And you know, Dad was saying this morning that you cannot get any more righteous; you can only get holier, because your righteousness is what Jesus gave you. You cannot edit it. You cannot improve it. You cannot reduce it. It is that it is his own righteousness that he handed to you. It's like when somebody removes their jacket and gives it to you. And it fits you. So that when any of us stand before the Lord, we stand looking like Jesus. So when, when we stand before God, God is not just seeing you. He's seeing Jesus. Because you are clothed in his righteousness. And so now, that, so you see the connection between the breastplate of righteousness and the breastplate now that is on the high priest. He says, and he made the breastplate of cunning work like the word of effort, of gold, of blue, of scarlet, of fine twined linen. Verse 9. It was four square. They made the breastplate double a span. Let me just jump. Verse 10. And they said, sorry, uh, Verse 9, it was four square, they made the breastplate double, a span was the length thereof, and a span the breadth thereof, being doubled. And they set it in four rows of stones. The first row was a sardius, a topaz, a carbuncle, this was the first row. Second row, an emerald, a sapphire, a diamond. And the third row, ligure, agate, amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and hogs, and a jasper. See that third row? That of all of these things, if you go, to, if you now go to Ezekiel twenty-eight from verse eleven, you will now see what the devil is made for. Of Satan is missing that third row. If you compare Exodus thirty-nine and you compare it with Ezekiel twenty-eight, but let, if you want us to read it, eleven to, to let's just jump there. Ezekiel chapter twenty-eight. 11 to 14. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyrus. This is such an interesting verse. Verse 1 says, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyrus. Then he started to say. And if you look at that verse 3, it says, Behold, thou art wiser than Daniel. There is no secret. Yes. There is no secret that they can hide from the God was acknowledging that the prince of Tyros was wiser than Daniel. And then God addresses the prince of Tyros. And then by the time he gets to verse 11, he now says, verse 12, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyros. So the prince of Tyros was like the human entity. The king of Tyros is the devil himself. You understand? And so now God is addressing the devil here and, he's, and he says, Moreover, the word, um, and, and say unto him, Thus said the Lord, Thou sealeth up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering the saddles, the topaz, the diamond, the burial, the ox, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablet and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. Verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covered, and have said this so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. 
you can keep reading that was perfect in in thy way from the day that that was created till iniquity was found in the you know initially i, w- I was I, my plan was to do this teaching one sunday i, I always try to want to finish it is but <laughs> it never so now i've decided to calm down so when we get to stop we'll continue uh, uh, the day we finish we finish so you know he's saying here so he listed nine precious stones that the devil was made of and if you go back to that uh, exodus 39 that we read the devil was made of, of uh, you know the the breastplate is like this there are four rows of three stones each satan had row one row two he was missing row three he had row four now the question is what was in row three that satan was missing if you there there are two ways i'm going to approach this i'm going to approach it from one the meaning of each stone and what this represent i'm also going to approach it from the prayer of jacob when he was blessing you know each stone stood for each tribe so when jacob when jacob was prophesying because he was prophesying he was it wasn't just praying ordinary prayer he was prophesying their future and then what did he say about the three that were missing so if you go quickly to genesis 49 Um, the first stone that Satan is missing is is Jacinth. It's also the one called uh, is it Lyra? What is it? Lyra? What is it called now? I just know it as Jacinth. Anyway, so if you look at Genesis forty nine verse nineteen, it says God, because that stone is the representative of the tribe of God. Now, what does it say about God? It says, God, a troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at last. A troop shall overcome him, but he shall overcome at last. That speaks of the fact that God ends up being an overcomer. So if there was something that was missing in the components of Satan is the ability to be an overcomer. It doesn't matter how hard he tries. Satan is not is not given to the devil to be an overcomer. If you read uh, Revelations chapter 12 verse 11. Revelations 12:11 says and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they love not their lives unto death it will surprise you that this jacinth stone is transparent red which is known to signify the blood of jesus so in revelations 12 verse 11 says they overcame the stone being god which is which stand which god's blessing was that of an overcomer and now you have Revelations 12 saying they overcame. That means that overcoming comes by by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The blood of the Lamb being represented by the red transparent nature of that stone. So Satan was not made of the things that apply 
to us when it comes to overcoming because satan the blood of jesus is not available to the devil and that is the only way coupled with the word of your testimony testifying of what the blood has done for you so as long as the blood of jesus is inaccessible to the devil he is not an overcomer so god when god was now pulling the devil together that part god did not hide we understand number two the other stone that satan is missing is agate if you go back to um our genesis 49 verse 20 it says out of asha his bread shall be made fat and it shall yield royal dainties so it's talks of priesthood it talks of royalty you know first peter 2 9 we are a chosen generation we are a royal priesthood and it will surprise it would not surprise you that the color of that stone is blue and blue stands for royalty so it, it, so god did not think of the fact that this was jacob prophesying so you understand that the 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 pronouncements of those men were not just words were not just prayers they were they spoke as the holy ghost spoke through them such that even what jacob said aligns with what john is now saying in the book of revelation more than 4000 5000 years apart yes the holy ghost looks after the word in such a way that there is no conflict so it speaks of royalty it speaks of 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 royal priesthood and it speaks the stone itself speaks of the revelatory and healing power of the word so if there was something else that the devil was missing satan was missing the ability to tap into the word it is written satan cannot that's why satan cannot create anything because he lacks the ability to cre- to tap into the word and the world was created by the word of god god said let there be so even if satan says let there be from now to next week nothing is going to happen because we lacking in him is the facility to make that thing happen so what does the devil do when it comes to false prophets it is that he arranges the situation and then gives them the word you don't you don't you don't let me show you the difference when god says let there be it's not because he had he had not because he had patched it at the back and now came to say let there be it is because once he says let there be everything will come together to let that thing be so if god says let there be water it means hydrogen would find oxygen and make water they must obey but what satan does is satan comes with a glass of water and pours it on the ground the night before and then he will now come in the morning and say, see, water. That's why many times when you see false prophets, they, 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 <laughs> Lord have mercy. You know, there was a time that what they did was, 
when 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 you get the, the you know the way ushers will meet you at the door and welcome you and all that so these people would have men that will meet you at the door and usher you it and they'll come to you and give you a paper and say please fill this let us so you fill your data your name your email your whatever you fill the whole thing and then they would go on facebook and search for your name on facebook and you know they've seen your face so they like they, they look at your profile picture oh it is it is this person uh who did the person list as husband who did you list as as it's called research so who did you list as mother who according to your pictures this person looks like your spouse and all that so they send all that data to to the pastor in front so pastor just goes, hey I see, I see. Who is the name um, Olariwa Juyinka here? And then you two raise your hand and say, it's me. Say, can you come forward? I say, you see, I'm very bad at this thing. <laughs> you, can you come forward now? And then you say, hmm, I see. Who? I hear Toyo, I hear Toyo see. <laughs> and then you say, that's my wife. That's my friend, they already have you. <laughs> You say, you say, hmm, I see Kanta, Kanta, Kanta. And then you two, and then you two will finish it. See? When they are finished with you, they will now say, the Lord said. See, once, once, because what happens, what happens is, at the point you are agreeing with him, you are opening up your spirit to it. And once you open your spirit, then the demons to accomplish what they're about to say will enter. So now you they will now say, ah, that pastor sees. Sees what? That pastor has a wonderful research team. That's that's what they do. That's what they do. And if they can't do that, then they I will never forget one that happened in some place where the crusade was it was a crusade, and then they were doing the crusade and all that. And so there was this uh, woman in wheelchair that needed to use the bathroom. So they wheeled her to the bathroom to, to wee. So she, she crawled into the bathroom and wee. And then when she was coming out of the bathroom, they wheeled somebody in. And then she realized that ah, they wheeled this person. And then the person got off the, uh, uh, got off the wheelchair. I went to wee normally. And then the person came back out. And sat on the wheelchair. And then they wheeled the person back. Okay. So that woman was like, she looked like she was seeing things. So she went back into the auditorium and kept quiet. When it was time for miracle, she wanted miracle. That's why she came. They didn't choose her. They chose the one that they, that was the one they wheeled to the front. And then pastor laid hands and said, fire. And then the person jumped up and everybody went mad. You know what this other man we, we did? She left and went to the police station. I have seen things. <laughs> yes, it became a big deal. I think they actually banned that servant of God from the country for a little while or something. Like. Uh, they banned that person preaching for a while. It became a big thing. Because you say, ah, excuse me, I saw you in the bathroom. You can use your legs. But all of that happens because <laughs> all of that happens because Satan lacks the ability to tap into the word of God. So he can the only person that can create 
is God. Or anyone born of God. You can create. You can say, let there be. You can look at a void and say, I feel this void in the name of you. And that void will listen to you because you are of the order of God. But Satan was missing that one. The third one, um, Amethyst, um, verse Genesis fourteen, verse fourteen, uh, Genesis forty-nine, verse fourteen. Huh? Yeah, that's the Amethyst. That's the name. Fourteen says Issachar is a strong house, couching down between two burdens. Satan is not a burden bearer. And that's it's actually a purple stone. And you know it's interesting that there's a legend about this amethyst stone that if if you if you want to keep drinking and not get drunk you you do something with this stone and it's supposed to keep you drinking without getting drunk. So they, they sometimes they call the stone the stone of no intoxication. <laughs> And if you look at um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. And it says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is, is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. So this stone is a representation of the ability of the Holy Ghost to be our burden bearer. Remember Romans 8.26. It says he helps our infirmities. Satan cannot bear your burden. Because when God was configuring him, God did not put that ability that the Holy Ghost supplies in him. So three things that Satan is missing. The first one is that he's missing the facility of the blood of Jesus. The second one is that he is missing the facility of the word of God. So he is not an overcomer because he has no access to the blood of Jesus. He cannot create anything because he has no access to the word of God. And he also has no help because the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not available to him. Yet all the things that Satan does not have, you do. You have the blood. You have the word, you have the spirit. So every time Satan tries to terrify you, so you can imagine that day when when Satan decided to rebel, saying he had found God and he has found a way to deal with God and dethrone God and all that. You can imagine that God was not moved. Was God moved? No, because the things that would have made for victory for the devil, he did not have them. And he did not know that he did not have them. Until the day he tried to go past the station. That was, where, that was the day he realized that he did not have those things that he could if, if those things that Jesus has that gives us an advantage over the devil, he doesn't have them. So every time Satan comes and tries to terrify you and say, Um, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, look, you cannot do anything because you do not have the word of God. 
I overcome you because I have access to the blood of Jesus. You don't. And unfortunately for you, you don't have the Holy Ghost. I do. So when there is a burden, I can go to the Holy Ghost. And then I start to pray in the Spirit. And I start to pray in the Spirit. And the Holy Ghost takes that burden off me. I started by saying the fact that Satan is not God is demystifying Satan many times and because we don't have we don't we don't we don't fully understand that the advantage we have over, over him sometimes we are afraid of what he can do Satan cannot do much against somebody that understands his own vantage position in the spirit you are like Jesus that means all 12. You know, I, was, I was listening to Revelations and it, I, I was thinking of the New Jerusalem and the fact that it has 12 gates. Maybe one day we'll look at the gates, what this fish gate is for, what the, this gate is for and all that. But then it also has 12 foundations. So that there's a synchronicity, there is, there is a, a, a tight working together of everything God has ever done. So God getting God replacing the Old Testament with the New Testament is not necessarily saying that the Old Testament is evil. He's saying that man is incapable of fulfilling the Old Testament. Go and read Romans, where you find that, that the law itself, the law is not sin. The law reveals sin. The law by itself is perfect. The only problem with the law is that in a, there is no way we can fulfill the law. The worst part of the law is that if you offend in one, you have offended in all. So then Jesus came and said, okay, we will bear the punishment of offending in all. Which was why the punishment of Christ was that bad. It was that he, he bore the offense of someone that offended in all. So that there will be nothing left that will not be accounted for by the blood of Jesus. And so that's why when Satan saw that, you know, the temptation, the Bible says the devil left him for a season. So we know Satan came back at other seasons. But as a last ditch attempt to corrupt what God was doing, Satan, when Jesus said, I am thirsty, somebody went to bring Aesop and, and God, is the equivalent of giving somebody morphine when they are in pain you know after morphine what's next what else can you give somebody after morphine start what else would you give somebody if you you've given i hate parastamol because parastamol does not work so you give somebody parastamol and then you give them ibuprofen and that you give them what else tramadol after tramadol what is left no sir what else after after so after morphine you have options so morphine is greatest option ah uh, so gal was morphine in those days because the idea was they wanted to give him to numb the pain and if jesus had said okay give me some of it let me numb you what would have happened satan would have gone to god and said see he did not finish bearing all the pain no. he numbed some of it 
and that will be the legal basis upon which Satan would will be able to come and put the rest of the pain on us. So when they said, "Here is God," Jesus, he said, when he has he knew no, because at that point, you 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 see how bad the devil is. The devil didn't have power to stop. What in fact, Satan was happy that Jesus was on the cross because his bible says if they had known they would not have crucified him so they didn't know but he was just happy that jesus was on the cross um so that just to is the devil's idea was to get rid of him you understand let's kill him because the way this guy is going let, satan didn't think jesus could be killed because he's the son of god so when so it was so it was in a way a victory. Satan thought it was victory for him that he managed to kill the Son of God. Didn't know that in killing the Son of God, uh, there was another law at work that he didn't know. He didn't realize that there's God was going to implement the law of replacement therapy. That okay, somebody sinned. The soul that sins must die. But now we have a problem because the soul that did not sin has now died. You understand? Normally we sinned, Adam sinned, we die. But now Jesus, he, he did not sin, but he has died. So there is an so you have killed that innocent man, and God said, "Okay, how do we solve this matter?" We would exchange the the sinner that you are punishing. You can't punish anymore. Because the one that didn't sin, you have punished. That's when Satan realized, oh boy, this equation was not balanced. <laughs> well, it was too late. Because then Jesus went to hell and spoiled them. <laughs> you know what it means to spoil? You know what it means to spoil? Let me give you an idea of what Romans mean when they say spoil. So two Romans... So, Roman soldiers, so you fight, and then you conquer another army. And then you take the, the general of that army, the leader of that other. That's why many of them kill themselves, rather than be captured alive. Because if you are captured, they, they are going to... So, what they do is that they, they sometimes they, make, they, 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 of course, they strip the person naked, and they brand the person with whatever branding they want. So the the winning general can write whatever he wants with his knife on the forehead of the losing general. So as long as so so it will be that as long as that person is the the losing general is alive, he's only alive at the mercy of the victor. So that's what Jesus did when to get to every say all of all the demons were watching as Jesus was inscribing on defeat on Satan's head. So Satan goes around today with the mark of the defeat that Jesus inflicted on him. So Satan is still alive now because Jesus permits him until the day when Jesus says that. Because that's what the Romans would do. When they've now had enough of that person, they can, they can, they open the person up alive. So they hope they can open the general up alive and leave and just tie him up and open his back or open his stomach, such that while he's still alive, birds are eating his eyes and eating. The Romans are the most brutal people you can imagine. 
So when when so you know what it means when Jesus was handed to the Romans to be crucified. I've told us before that crucifixion. That's why Pilate was surprised that Jesus was dead. Jesus should not have died at the point. Where he died. The way they crucify you is to make sure they don't bust any blood vessel. So they they avoid all your blood vessels, so that you can be on the cross for one week. Yes, the 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 pride of a Roman soldier is that the person he crucified lived longest. So it is an embarrassment to a Roman soldier that you are dead in three hours. Ah, yes, that means he didn't do the crucifixion well. Because if he does it well, you will be alive for days. That's why the Bible says that when they got to the other thieves, they had to break their legs because it was almost possible. Because if they didn't break their legs, they would not die. But when they got to the Lord Jesus, he was already dead. So when Joseph Arimathea went to Jesus and said, Can I have his to Pilate and said, Can I have his body? Pilate was like, He cannot be dead. Why are you he's not dead? Yeah, he's dead. Hey, what? Go and call the Roman soldier. Say, it's true. The man is dead. The reason he was dead was because he handed over his own soul. Nobody took it from him. So Jesus did all of that for me, for you. Such that your victory over the devil is not temporary. Your, the vi- your victory over the devil is not your victory over the devil is not is not just for a while. It is done. It is finished. It is complete. Any child of God that the devil is terrified now does not know who he is. The question now is: Do you know who you are? Because we, we, we talk of the case of consistency, but one of the strongest, the, one of the strengths, one of the things that would help you to be consistent is that you know who you are. Because if you know who you are, then you will know practices that will sustain that position that you are. If you are the king of England, for example, you must have an understanding of what, what it means to be the king of England. And then you must know what you can do. You must know what you cannot do. I'm sure there are many things that they want to do that they cannot do. You understand? By virtue of who they are. And then they know things that they must do to keep that position of honor, that position of reference. Who are you? Because if you don't know, you can't be consistent in that person. Who are you? You know, I was, you know, I was, I was telling us that God has a lot. God has a, had a plan in mind. There is a specificity to God. You know, we're having this discussion recently, and and you know, we were in the car, and my wife was like, um, "If you look at that, how how how." If you look at the specificity of God saying to Prophet Moses, make sure you build according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. And the proof that Moses did it was that the glory of God came down. Because the glory of God will not come down on, on, on a dimension that... This is what happens when you don't do it according to pattern. It is that you have edited... If God says make something five inches and you made it five and a half, you have added human 
And God does not do flesh because flesh, as far as God is condemned, is supposed to be crucified. God does not tolerate flesh in any way. So once you've added two inches to what God said, you've introduced you. You've introduced your... Because there is no way you can add to what God has said and it will still be God. Because to have done it would to be that you have, you've done it in disobedience. And because you have done it in disobedience, it is no longer God. And the proof of that is that the glory of God will not rest on it. So you were saying that, and then the questioner came that, okay. If God is that exact, it would mean that every service we do, there is a way that the Holy Spirit expects that service to go. Are you seeing where I'm going? That means there is a that means when I come to church, when you come to church, there is a particular way the Holy Ghost expects you and I to behave. If we do, we've done it according to pattern. If we don't, the question is how many times if we come to church 52 times in a year, how many of those 52 did we do what the Holy Ghost said we should do? How many times did we have we had service the way the Holy Ghost would have wanted that service to go? It is all well and good saying, let us be organized. But there's something called organized chaos. You want me to give, let me give an example of organized chaos. Uh, most of us, when you, when we were single, I know most of the ladies will be organized, all their rooms are. Uh, set in stone but some of the boys i'm sure your room was a little bit organized in the other direction you know what i mean but organized chaos but how many of you knew the layout of your room like the back of your hand your room might be upside down but you are the one that knows where that particular book is that is organized chaos Anybody else will come in and say, why is your room upside down? Somebody else will say, don't touch anything. I know where each one is. I know, if I'm looking for a pin in the middle of the night, I know where to go. I know under where to go and rustle to find it. Yet, to you, these people are not organized. The church in the Acts of Apostles was a bit like that. All, all, the general story you will hear was that they minister to the Lord. What does ministering to the Lord mean? How many times do you think the company of prophets and teachers came to church and Peter was falling and Paul was facing the flood that way and Silas was like this and Barnabas was like this? All you heard is that they ministered to the Lord. It was in the middle of this. That, so they were, just, they were just ministering and worshiping and sharing and prophesying. I, I want you to read the book of Acts to try to find, look. See, Acts only really goes to give you a picture of how, how they held church. That the Apostle Paul will now come and say, um, when somebody's prophesying, when somebody else gets a prophecy, you keep quiet and another person prophesies. That means that they had services where two, three, four, five people were prophesying and it didn't look strange. Ananias and Sapphira, let me ask you a question. What was the church like in those days? Read that story very well. The Bible says the first man, he fell down, he dead. The young brothers in the church came, picked him up. Did they say they took him back to his house? 
Did they say they took him back to his family? What did the Bible say? What position did the church have? What kind of glory did you have know that you had the audacity to go and bury somebody else's father? And nobody came to ask Peter, excuse me, sir, are you mad? What kind of authority did they command? That when the wife also died, the same young man came. Peter was like, the young man that buried the husband will come and bury you too. Carry that, bury that next to And no, nobody came to ask why. Did they not have family? That God, God will say, liberate them from the temp, from the from the prison and say, go back to the temple. And they will go back to the temple and they will be preaching. And they will go back to the temple and they will preach. And nobody could touch them. You touch them, you jail them, the angel will bring them out of jail and send them back to the temple. But those men, one of the statements you hear from them is it seems good to us and the Holy Ghost. It seems good to us. And the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost was the director in the book of that's why and the proof he, he didn't tolerate nonsense. When Peter, when God was going to arrange Cornelius and Peter, God showed Cornelius a vision. God sent an angel to Cornelius, yes or no? God showed Peter a vision. And then after he was arguing his Jewish self. He eventually understood the old vision because he went to Cornelius' house and the Holy Ghost came and and he was the one that brought the explanation back to the people that were querying him. But when he did not take his ministry to the Gentiles seriously, did the Holy Ghost wait for him? He found himself Paul. We will will still do a case study in this whole story of consistency because many times, if you think of how specific the plan of God is, then you see that many times we just exist on the margin of mercy. That's why the Bible says God is plenteous in mercy because many times that is where many children of God live. And it is while God would always supply mercy, God doesn't expect us to live in the margin of mercy every day. Jesus didn't live on the margin of mercy. But one thing Jesus also didn't do was that he didn't do anything that the Father did not say he should do. It didn't matter that his heart was breaking for the people of his hometown. The Bible says he could do no mighty miracles. Because the Holy Ghost, if it was up to Jesus, he would have healed them with their disrespect. But the Holy Ghost said no. And no meant no. Jesus loved Lazarus so much, he cried before he woke him up. You know what it means? You already know that this person is going to wake up. But you still got there and first cried. Because you saw the pain of the sisters, you saw the pain of people weeping, and you thought thought the fact that he would have been, his rot is already undergoing corruption. And then when you are finished crying, you say, arise. Come out. And then he came out. And eventually they were trying to kill both Jesus and Lazarus. Because the evidence of the miracle was sitting right at the table. God wants a measure of consistency. I was, I was saying this morning that the, if you want to really, really live the Christian life, you will not survive trying to do it by yourself. You can't. You can't. You can't. It is impossible. That's why we need the. If if there's somebody you must always run after, it is the Holy Ghost. Don't let the devil distract you so much that you are busy chasing 
you know, you know, you know, it's like when thieves want to steal from a person, many times they do it in combo, isn't it? One person distracts you, the other person takes your phone. Don't let Satan do that to you. Don't let Satan distract you in the front door, whereas he has people entering through the back door. God wants a level of consistency in our work with him because if that is how we expose ourselves to power. I was talking to my wife about the servant of God that he is Reverend Kerry taking is known as you know the father of the word of faith and all that. But also people don't understand the kind of life this man lived. Dad sent me a text this morning. I think he sent me a text by 5 a.m. If you are up by 5 a.m. sending text to everybody, when did you wake up? When did you wake up? I have fought him before, and he might be listening. I fought him before. One of the challenges I have with him sometimes is that. Uh, he's doing it now. He's exposing people to the things, the practices that underpin the things people see. Such that when somebody says build in Jesus' name and that person is healed, you think it's just because he said, you go say it if the person won't die. Yes, now, you go say it. Because there are other things that they do. Wake up at 2 a.m. and not sleep until 7. And be praying in the Holy Ghost, mom is going this way, he is going that way. You, you won't see that part. Reverend Egan was saying that he, he ministered for more than 50-something years. He fasts two days a week. And for those two days, he spends the two days in church. So he sits on the floor in church all day for two days in a week. And then when the man started, I was watching a video of his and he just went to a crippled person and just dragged the person and the person started walking. Someone that came in. When, you, when they now do that and it takes a whole of five seconds for people's legs to be straight, you would now say, ha, I claim it. <laughs> it's it, and and see there is a dimension of the power of god that comes like a rushing mighty wind the one that stayed on everybody in the book of acts chapter 2 that one power came and immediately peter got up and spoke and people start, and things started happening but there's also the dimension of power that comes by staying such that it's not that you worked with God for one year. It is that you have done certain things consistently long enough. One of the advantages that many of the children that are born here, that will soon be born in this church, is the fact that you have the opportunity to expose them to God at a very young age. So they are not coming to God at 20. They've known God since 2. Such that in a sense, their work with God is long. So that even, even if they can't do certain things by themselves, the one they have been doing from age four, the little, little, you know how much prayer they will have in the bank by 20? If, if, if you teach a child to say, Lord bless me, Lord help me, Lord keep me, Lord strength, if you teach that child to be saying that since age four, you know how, much, how many times that child would have said it before they are 20 years old? And then that, that, that child will be on a plane with another person. And then the other person will die and that child will not die. And then they will say the child got lucky. You know what are, you are. You know the reserve. 
I've told us before of a man that wanted dealing and, and the servant of God got there and God showed the servant of God like this person has zero credit. Don't even don't even bother. Consistency is how we build strength. Consistency is how we had grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. It will take sacrifices. It will take certain sacrifices from you. Some of it will take your sleep. Some of it will take maybe even relating with friends. Some of it will even might even separate husband and wife for a season. Because maybe there's certain things that you need to get. Of course, it doesn't mean permanently. The Bible says that even if husband and wife stay apart, they can, they can stay apart for a little season, but they must come together again so that Satan does not that means there is the allowance for that little okay can you give me this weekend i need to do this i need to fast and pray i need to do this and that there must be that understanding between the two of you that okay i'm going to watch the kids for this for the whole day these children will not bother you so you can go and do it and then maybe next saturday it is that they will pack all children and give to you and she herself will also go and do her own prayer where nobody because there must be that building we are building. I will, we will get to it. The, something the devil does is that he tries to make people stop start. Stop start. Imagine you are driving a car and your car is stop starting. How would you how would you feel? Let's say you bought a car now. After every one mile to stop, then you start it again. After every one mile, you stop. What are you going to do? Eh? You park it and go and use the train. Or you leave it you leave it at home because the because it, not just the frustration, the anxiety would almost kill you. That oh my god, it's about to stop. It's about to stop. Oh well, it didn't stop. Oh my god, it has stopped. That thing in itself. Sometimes that's why the Holy Ghost cannot build with men. Because we start, we stop. You get close to him and then you walk away. You get close, you walk away. The Holy Ghost ministry is like a helper. And one it has one of the greatest ministries of women. Helping. Helping. He help it. He help that you help. Let me ask you a question. Somebody falls into a ditch. You pull the person out. Who is stronger? But the devil now makes it look like the person doing the helping is weak. When it comes to the Holy Ghost, if I say the Holy Ghost is your helper, you won't think that you are stronger than the Holy Ghost. But if I say your wife is your helper, there is the tendency to think that you are stronger than your wife. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily make you that you are stronger because many times the helper had <laughs> that particular point. The person helping you, helping your ministry is stronger than you because if you were stronger, you wouldn't need their help. So you must recognize that. So the Holy Ghost wants to help. Well, the Holy Ghost is like a woman in a sense because how many of you, was it the day you spoke to your wife, wife, woman, I want to marry you, that she said yes? How many of you, who, who got lucky here? It was the first day you said, I want to marry you. And she's like, sure, let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll do it next Sunday. Which of you did that? Some people, some people went through things. Some people saw things. But eventually, she's in your house now. 
Sometimes the, so, glory to Jesus. <laughs> so that is how the Holy Ghost is. So, so many times that's how the Holy Ghost is. If you he would he comes closer because the Holy Ghost is sensitive. The Holy Ghost is pure. The Holy Ghost, he, 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 you know, God is so that He put all the power with the most sensitive and the gentlest of them. And yeah, that's where all the power lies. But the problem is, he, 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 it's almost a case of wooing, wooing, wooing until He eventually turns. You will just realize one day that there is there is a certain ability that has come that even. If maybe before you needed to pray and pray and pray and pray for you to be able to do that thing, and then you realize the one day you didn't pray, that thing was still there. Now you realize that even when you don't pray, now it is now you know that that thing is no longer dependent on prayer because it is now yours. The problem at that point is that when people now get it, people now fall out. That the things that got them there. Now they start to dial those things down. Whereas that is how that's how you begin to fail. So if there's one thing you must know today, God wants us to be consistent. Satan is not our problem. Satan is not our challenge. Our challenge is our own self being consistently consistent, if I can say it like that, being consistently consistent in walking with God such that the devil becomes a footnote, a side note. That even when, I told you before now, that a servant of God said Satan came and came to bargain. You know what it means for the devil to come and bargain? That's what Satan did to Jesus. You don't remember. Said, Look, you don't need to stay here. Satan was thinking, okay, if I offer you the whole world, you just bow. Let's conclude this matter so you can go back to wherever you came from. Of course, if Satan had bowed, if Jesus had bowed, that matter wouldn't have gone that way. Jesus would not have gone back to where he came from because it would now belong to the devil. Because the Bible tells us that wherever you obey, you have become a servant too. So if Jesus had done like this, Satan would just step on his neck and break it. And that would be that man doomed forever so just bow down your heads where you are and just ask the lord for strength to be consistent in consistency lies great power you know the 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 that woman and the judge that evil judge he said i don't fear god and i don't care for men but because this woman will not stop disturbing me i'm going to do for her that's why the bible says men ought always to pray consistency. Give me the grace to pray. Give me the grace to talk to you. Give me the grace to read your word. Give me the grace to stay with you. Give me the grace to obey you. Give me the grace to hear you consistently. Help me to be consistent in my confessions of my love for you. Help me to be consistent in the grace that you have given me. Let me not blow hot and cold. Let me not be good today, be bad tomorrow. Let me not be average today and excellent tomorrow and completely fall apart in two days' time. Help me. Help me. Give me the grace to be consistent. Give me the grace to be consistent. That month after month, year after year, day after day, help me to be consistent. 
Help me to be consistent. Help me to be consistent. Help me. Help me. Help me. Help me. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The word was God because he consistently stayed with God. Satan was Lucifer, now he's Satan because he fell out of consistency with God. Say, ask the Lord to check your heart. If there's anything in my heart that is affecting my consistency, Holy Spirit, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. If there's anything in my heart that is not making me to be as consistent as I should be, there's anything that is uh, that is fighting your work in my heart, that is fighting your workings in my heart, help me. Help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. Ask the Lord to help you to actually place him higher than anything and everything. That indeed, in reality, not just in my confessions, but that in, that in my experience, in reality, that I'll be able to say, yes, in my life, Jesus, you are worth more than everything. You are worth more than anything. In truth, that there'll be nothing I will not be able to give up for you. In the name of Jesus, help us. Help us. Help us, Father. Help us, Father. Just say, Lord, thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you for the Word. Thank you for the blood. Those are advantages over darkness. Those are advantages over the devil. Say, thank you for the Word. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the Holy Ghost. Thank you that you are my burden bearer. Thank you that you are my helper. Thank you, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I ask, Father, that you help us to be consistent in our confession and in our actions. Help us to genuinely love you and help us to do practices that will sustain that love. In the name of Jesus, help us to see the devil for what he is. Help us to see us for who we are. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.